0: there. How's it going? <laughs> so awkward. This is Cityscape with the Pink Font. Pink Font.
1: I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Paige and I'm Miranda the co-host.
0: And this is the podcast where uh, we watch Sex and the City episodes. It's and, true. And um, talk smack about them. This is great. This is great. Guys, th- this this is the one cuz I'm going to explain to the audience that this is at least the third time we've tried to do this introduction. And it's just, it should get... I think it gets, it's great. It gets awkward. It gets more awkward every time.
1: I uh, think we just keep it where it is. I think it really <laughs> speaks to just our, our personalities and uh, yeah, our ability to host a podcast.
0: Absolutely. So. And if there's anything we've learned about, about ourselves by watching Sex in the City, it's ownership. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just got so close to the microphone. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I, so I love
0: making points.
1: I like it a lot for you. I like that. Way to, a nice
0: power move.
1: Well, and as this show teaches us, power moves, they're the way to go, aren't they? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so we're on episode five, which is called The Power of Female Sex. and okay. uh. Yeah, yeah, that was the title of the episode. Um, And the just brief synopsis, I'm going to just give very, very general overview. This is the episode where Carrie and Samantha are continuously trying to get into this fucking restaurant. And it's like the most popular place in town. I don't remember what the title of the restaurant is. I think it starts with a B. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what the title was, um, but they're trying to get into this place, and there's a hostess who is just like always wearing a stupid hat and tells them that they're gonna they're gonna have to wait and that they're not able to get in, and they like constantly are waiting forty five minutes, an hour, blah blah blah. Simultaneously, we are introduced to Carrie's random European friend who's Italian, um, and. They, at one point, uh, are explo- uh, there's a lot of uh, sex work shaming in this episode. Oh, also. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, that made me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We can get more into that mm-hmm. with our specific notes. Um, but through this friend, Carrie meets a very beautiful French architect. They spend a lovely day together. They spend the night together. And he leaves the next day and lets her like stay enjoy room service and then also leaves her a thousand dollars in cash. Um and so the end of the episode is Carrie deciding what she's gonna do with that money and uh and and we're off. Yeah. And then it ends it ends with uh Carrie giving the hostess a tampon in the bathroom.
0: And oh she yeah. And, Samantha,
1: and she and Samantha get seated finally. So All right there we go. That's the episode, y'all.
0: That's the Yeah, that's the entire episode. Um, so what's your first note, Paige? Um my first note is really stupid in retrospect. But okay. my I I, ser- I seriously my first note was what do you mean Samantha doesn't have 20 bucks? She's the one that makes the most out of all of them. Like she asked Carrie to spot her 20 bucks.
1: Yeah, well, maybe she just doesn't carry cash. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, then I realized, Paige, it's nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> everybody, everybody probably did start started not carrying cash with them.
1: Right. Well, was, she had a very tiny purse. You know, cash is bulky, or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I realized I told you my first note was stupid.
1: I didn't think it was stupid. I think that that's a legitimate question. I, I mean, we are constantly wondering how m- money works in the yeah. Sex and the City universe. Yeah, so. and that
0: was like, why are you asking Carrie of all people for twenty bucks?
1: Oh, truly, yes, and that's another part of the episode. Actually, is Carrie's like terrible budgeting skills?
0: Oh, like she's yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. That's another note. Was that? That's another note. Is that like in the previous episode? Like she went from no. Is it? No, it's this episode where the where the clerk, the store when she goes to the shoe store to buy shoes. Yes. This clerk just gets off the phone with the credit card company, looks the woman dead, dead in the eye, and says, They told me to do this. And then chops the card in half, which never happens in real life. But yeah, um, that person that person who had their credit card chopped up by the store clerk is being asked, Hey, can you spot me a 20?
1: Right. Um, My my first note, my first note is Samantha's quote of I was that woman 10 years ago when she's like (laughs) so pissed off at the hostess. Like I just, I love it so much because Samantha like, I, I like that recognition of, like, who does this bitch think th- think that she is? Like, oh, I was that bitch at one point in my life. Who am I now?
0: Yeah, it's like an identity crisis, because, like, all of a sudden, I'm not the cool one.
1: Even though, like, I don't know. If I were a hostess, and I have been a hostess in my life a few times, or, like, a server in general, I don't think I would ever be that fucking rude To anyone ever, but I also don't live in New York, and um, you know, they don't have maybe it's just different there. (laughs) They
0: they don't have cracker barrels in New York,
1: those are the only
0: hostess I deal with is the ones at Cracker
1: Barrel. I guess we don't really have like a, I mean, no one really has a New York. (laughs) Bar and restaurant scene right now because we're still in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Um.
0: Hypothetical question, all right? Hey. Can you picture these four women in a cracker barrel?
1: (laughs) I don't think they would know what to do. That would be great. That'd be like a great road trip episode, though. Like they're driving from New York, they're driving from New York to california and they stop at like an ohio cracker barrel
0: <laughs> oh that would be great and i bet i can tell you exactly okay so charlotte would probably buy all of the seashell fountains
1: i don't think they would match her her, her french country decor no,
0: but she'll probably, it would be something that she would probably think that she'd be buying for a future phase.
1: Interesting. Or maybe, like, the child's nursery would be, um, like, ocean-themed and...
0: Oh, so she has a child in the future.
1: Cool. No, I mean, I was just saying, like, in her brain. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh
0: yes, in her mind's planning, eye, her in her
1: mind's eye, planning the nursery.
0: Here's a mermaid theme.
1: Ooh, they have a lot exciting. of mermaid stuff. Um, I, you know who doesn't really?
0: The, I okay. We'll we'll ponder more about the Cracker Barrel antics.
1: Yeah, of Sex a, in the city later. Please leave a comment below if you have an idea of what would happen should the four ladies of Sex in the City go to.
0: Oh yeah, Cracker
1: Barrel. What's your next note?
0: Um. Uh, um, I say a pro- professional girlfriend versus professional is when it starts really getting, uh, kind of taboo with how they look at sex work because, yes. <laughs> because for someone who, who used to be <clears throat> really good at networking, there is kind of an exchange of, of, uh, goods for an exchange for charm, but not particularly sexual. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. I, I put, I think this is probably around the same time I put shaming sex work question mark, because like, I, I think it's just odd to be so judgmental of how people like choose to interact with others in terms of like, okay. Like if they, if, if she is enjoying her life, Traveling the world and like being somewhat taken care of. How is that your fucking problem? Like, <laughs> yeah, like in and um, if these are consenting adults who know what they're doing and are happy with, with what they're doing, also, like, who knows. Oh, well, we do know that she was sleeping with that one man in the shoe store because she talked about how tiny his penis was.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like she was sleeping with, with some of these at, men. At least but, one of them. But maybe, like, she, we just, but also, like, just because she knows the agreement she has between those dudes doesn't mean that everybody else under knows the, knows the agreement. So Mm. like there's there, there it's not murky, but there's, I, it left me with more questions about, about her than, than answers that I actually received except for now assumptions. Right. That were based on Carrie's experiences.
1: Well, and the label of like Euro trash Like, I don't quite know what that means. And I asked, I was like, what is Euro trash? Like, what is that like the equivalent of? Yeah, what is that? Like, what was it? I don't see. I feel I feel uncomfortable, like even trying to label someone as trash at this point. Because I, oh, yeah, like, don't, because I don't, I don't think it's a good joke. Like, I don't no, think it's, it's a, not, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's really easy humor to like shame women for what, like for whatever, like, okay. So she's like, she's loud and like, is having a good time and is not a shame to like be on the arm of a man and like be some eye candy. And, and that somehow like makes this person trash like I don't know it just
0: yeah I, I think it yeah and especially when when it comes from a from a place where you got somebody who <laughs> I mean like the, the the view the viewpoints uh I, I got uh, Carrie is very insecure about uh she has a, a like a, a problem and at least in my I'm interpre- interpreting this from the episodes that i Wa- that I'm watching mm-hmm. she's very threatened by women that she perceives as more successful than her mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this character is perceived as more successful than her right um in a in a a some sort of uh in, in some sort of uh, industry that she doesn't know because mm-hmm. that's the thing she never bothers they never bother to ask where she got her money or what they it's just all information given to you like oh she hangs out with all these dudes that's how she gets all her money like hey, wait a minute There's, no she could be of yeah
1: <clears throat> there was a anything. moment where she did say when she was buying the shoes for carrie she was like it's on giancarlo she did say that because oh. it's his card oh but cool but, but, I feel like the point still remains that like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I don't think that that inherently like makes her trash just because like, so it, so what, like, what would the difference be? Like, she has to marry these, this person in order for it to be okay for them to spend money on her because like the, exp- the expectation is that when you are partnered with someone and you're married to them or you're like seriously committed to them. Like you wouldn't think twice about like taking them out to go shopping or them taking you out to go shopping or going to dinner and like looking good for each other and like providing company. So like, I'm not quite sure like why it's like, Oh, well it's, it's really okay when you're in a committed, serious relationship or you're married to the person, but otherwise you're fucking trashy for like letting someone Spend money on you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: everybody. <laughs> yeah, like it's. There's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisy in this world. That is just based on like a a, a perceived a, a perceived notion of success
1: and morality. Um, I feel like and it's morality. Like, it's like success and morality. All yeah, life.
0: success and morality. Um. Okay, so. I'm not in the mood to talk about him right now. But I'm gonna.
1: Uh-oh. Skipper.
0: Skipper showing up to girls' night. Dudes, an hour early. Dudes, don't ever show up to your ladies' girls' night.
1: An hour early. Well, I mean, an hour early. Like, he was supposed to come pick her up, but not like so early.
0: Yeah, it's like that's that's like possessive shit. Yeah. He's like showing up like he's showing us exactly who he is. From day 1. From day 1. And then showing up yeah, showing up an hour early. Like what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, no, I have a note for later in the episode when he comes to talk to Carrie about Miranda.
0: Oh, I have a note.
1: <sighs> oh god. Yeah, um my <laughs> From that scene, the poker night scene Mm. I just, I really fucking Love the line, you're like The Howard Law, Lorena Bobbitt
0: Oh god That was
1: Oh man Which was like, god damn what a Reference, first of all Second of all, like What is wrong with you? Yeah (laughs) That poor woman was being Abused
0: Yeah, and the fact that like all, like the fact that nobody thought anything of it in the moment because it was Skipper and they perceive him as harmless.
1: Well, no, Samantha said that. That was Samantha. Oh, Sa- oh that, that was Samantha. Okay. Yeah, that's Samantha like giving Miranda a hard time about how <laughs> they were talking about like receiving money for. I don't know, oh, was, wait, was, this
0: was Samantha? Okay. Okay. Of course it would be Samantha.
1: Yeah. I you know it's one of the like it was funny but it's also like like oh uh, yeah so many so many things that don't don't age well like because there's just a lack of understanding of the situation
0: oh yeah and and god this this show
1: and it can and it, <laughs> it does show. constantly like it does constantly make the question of like who the fuck hurt miranda so bad
0: I know, I know. That's that's the origin story that I want to know. Like, I want to know what happened. I mean, it's like, a what? question
1: I ask myself, like, every time.
0: Miranda the character, not Miranda the co-host. <laughs> I just meant it's relatable. <laughs> it absolutely is. I just, I've never... I mean, I've been friends with dudes that would be clingy enough to show up to, to a girl's night, like, an hour early. Oh, but, like, I've never... I've never, like, been at that girl's night, nor would I want to be. Uh, Speaking of dudes that really annoy me, okay, so this could be just my, just the way that my brain is wired, and just how I perceive personal boundaries in terms of, like, information about myself, and certain... Elements of expectation. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when that dude when, when when Carrie went out on a date with that dude from Paris and Uh he says, Oh, you should drop everything and move to Paris with me. Nothing pisses me off more than when a dude says, Oh, you should do this and drop everything you do and just come, come do this instead. Like they had something better for better for me to do than, than read Harry Potter. Like, how fucking dare you? That's how I, I don't interpret that as, as romantic at all. I think you're being a pain in the
1: ass. And see, my note, my note on it was just an invitation to travel the world with a rich man within hours. Like, they, like, meet each other, and, like, just after dinner, he's like, come to Paris with me. Abandon your life here. It'll be better. It's like, what the fuck? is this not this does not fucking happen at least it does not happen in my life oh. and i mean maybe it maybe it really used to i oh, again, i,
0: I was it, projecting i was just projecting no i dig
1: yeah. it i'm i
0: like, I'm like I, yeah i like that you're just like this doesn't happen i was like but i'm like looking in micro in micro like it's never been that guy who's from paris being like oh ha-ha, come move to Paris with me
1: oh no for sure I've definitely had I have had partners who expect me to sacrifice like my parts of like my vision for my life to fit into theirs and and as I've as I've gotten older and wiser questionable but as I've gotten older at least um I've realized how much that really Bothers me like this. expectation like, oh, so like go, all right, go fuck all of the things that I've been working on for forever. I had here's a story. I had the <laughs> I had the mother of a partner who I was very like very in like entwined with with their their family life at this point. Like I thought I was going to marry this person and his mom offhandedly one day suggested that like I should essentially give up any like further academic pursuits I had because at some point I was going to going to be at home like taking care of our family like ultimately she could tell that that's what was going to make me happy
0: and that's oh, what I and uh... that's what I
1: wanted and so obviously I should just like I should just focus on that anyway. Like, why would I even bother? This was like right before I. <laughs> this was a few months before I decided to apply to law school. Oh and, God! Oh man! Yeah. So like, it's just interesting that like that's that's like the expectation I think. Yeah, and I think it's
0: yeah, and they, and and I'm sure that she thought that she was.
1: Oh, she, just being support- she, she was being supportive. She
0: thought she was being helpful. They always think that they're being
1: helpful. You know? And. Now, now you're know. a lawyer. Now I'm a fucking lawyer. Now
0: you're um, a fucking lawyer.
1: My next note <laughs> is what is this fucking nightgown Carrie is wearing? <laughs> oh, the nude nightgown? Not the nude nightgown. That's the next episode. Oh!
0: Oh, that, that's, she, that's
1: a new dress that she's wearing for the promo. This, this is a literal nightgown that she's wearing when she's trying to figure out what to wear for her date with the French man. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, Skipper comes and it's like for like, it just seems so out of like character from like everything else she wears throughout. And this is just coming from my perspective as someone who's like seen the, like the show. Uh-huh. It's like, This bitch would never fucking wear... Like, that was a nightgown my grandmother used to wear, which is absolutely comfortable, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just, like, really jarring to see. I bet it
0: was something... I could tell... I I bet... I'm not going to say this is fact because we don't care about dramaturgy on this show. You didn't come here for this. No. (laughs) I assume that... That that was something that Sarah Jessica Parker brought from her own
1: house. Amazing.
0: Like, I assumed.
1: She was like, I'm fucking wearing this.
0: She's just like, you know what? Matthew Broderick thinks I look good in this. I'm gonna wear this in the scene.
1: I will say, no dramaturgy, but I did get like down a, a YouTube rabbit hole the other day of, of watching these women accept like their different Emmys as they were winning in like the mid 2000s. So I was like watching their different speeches. I was like, this is the closest page, and I will get to some dramaturgy. Yeah.
0: It's like, this is the close. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> this is the most research I've done.
0: Yeah. I see. I didn't even do that. I just <laughs> happened to know that she was married to Matthew Broderick. In that, I think they're,
1: s- they're still married, right? I think.
0: Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. I think they ain't going nowhere. Good for them. Good for yeah, for Hollywood marriages. That's that's pretty good.
1: All right. What's your next note? We're uh, in the scene with Skipper. So
0: jumping on with scene with Skipper. Um the way that she said that Miranda, Miranda the character, not Miranda the co-host, that that her sexuality was overpowering poor Skipper. That just made my blood boil because all of a sudden like, Oh, Skipper can't handle the heat. And like, no Skipper needs to calm down and you are not telling him to calm down.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, my note on the scene was, is it pop? Is it possible to be addicted to a person? Yes. I think it is. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think on some level, like relationships are sort of, an addiction because like you're forming a bond with someone like a relationship with them that provides, you know, various levels of dopamine and hormones being released into your, your, your system. And like, I think that's, that's part of why like a breakup sucks so badly because like, that's a, you're going through withdrawal. Like it, I mean, I think that like, it's just like you're, you have a relationship with alcohol or relationship with drugs. Like, so too, do you have a relationship with another person and m- much like substances legal and otherwise, like humans are really unpredictable and that's part of the excitement and like part of, part of the really like scary risk of, of interacting with them and allowing them into your, your life and your soul. If you're able to do that, you know, some people can't, but I guess that's another.
0: Don't do drugs, kids.
1: Or do what I mean. Or do drugs,
0: whatever. (laughs) The love drug, not actual drugs. Don't do drugs.
1: Yeah. Disclaimer. We don't support. uh, That's not true. I Uh, you you know what? maybe we should think about decriminalizing substances because then we could actually uh, like address yes. addiction issues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. That's yes. That is, that is the message that we want to send.
1: Great. I'm glad I covered that. Also base.
0: love sucks. So love stinks. And yeah, yeah. speaking of, okay, I have a philosophical question. I'm ready. Because th- this is what, this is what,
1: this is what the people came. Next for, scene.
0: This me? is what the people need. Um, just, just asking. Um, not, not to. Uh, I'm not shaming sex work at all. But if I were in Carrie's position, and if I found money on the on the on the uh, on the nightstand, and if I opened up the envelope and saw how much money there was, I would not have raised a stink about it at all.
1: Look, I literally put I want someone to pay me $1000 for spending the day with me. Yeah. Are I you was... fucking kidding me? Like, yes. Look, I I'll like I'll drop my Venmo in our comments section. Like, yes. please. Please <laughs> give please us the one and, and dine. One and dine wine and dine the fuck out of me like socially distanced wise um like no truly I my note was I want someone to pay me like damn (laughs) yeah
0: yeah like and I would not and here's the asshole I am I would not invited my I would not have invited my friends at all to that hotel room I would have enjoyed (laughs) uh, uh, I think I would would have enjoyed that caviar and peace
1: I think I would have enjoyed part of it by myself. And then like, yeah, my best girlfriends would have been like, all right, like Paige, you would have gotten like a text, like girl, you need to <laughs> get your ass to the blue JW Marriott. Now <laughs> I feel bad because I wouldn't invite any of y'all. Oh, that's fine. So, here's, <laughs> so sorry. here's the thing. I think part of the reason this episode rubs me the wrong way when it talks about sex work is because of my job, right? So uh-huh. like mm-hmm. as an attorney who represents Survivors of sex trafficking, like a lot of my clients, have been like have been involved in the sex work industry, and obviously, in most of the United States, sex works sex work is still criminalized because, again, this morality thing of like specifically female sexuality, right? Like, sex work is some of the oldest fucking work in the book like literally has been around since the dawn of time Mm -hmm. and it's criminalized. Why exactly? Like, no, I don't think anyone could give me a good reason much like it doesn't make sense necessarily why drugs are criminalized the way they are. And granted that's like getting into like the war on drugs and policing black Mm -hmm. and Brown bodies, which is its own thing. Um, And I think that, they are parallel, right? Like how sex work is criminalized to police female bodies specific. Now, obviously that's not to um, forget that there are plenty of men in the sex work industry. Um, but the reason I am bringing this up is the sense that because sex work is illegal, um, it impacts how courts handle Um, human trafficking cases that involve sex trafficking victims. So like with the, and this is just me getting on a soapbox really quick Mm -hmm. for a little bit of education for our listeners. So um, when there comes human trafficking cases, like criminally, like the courts are mandated to order um, mandatory restitution for victims. And this is something that's supposed to happen upon conviction of a human trafficker. But research is showing right now that courts are failing to appropriately award mandated restitution. And part of the hesitancy is because courts don't want to legitimize illegal work because sex work is technically a crime.
0: Oh my God.
1: Right. So all of this to say, like things like that, like conversations like this in the, in the episode and just like the overall attitude of shaming sex work is like part of the problem, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. not to just totally bring down this episode um, and to preach for a minute. Listeners, you are able to form your own opinions on all and any of this, but this is simply my perspective as a survivor's rights attorney. Um, yeah, I don't dig it. I don't dig that attitude of of how.
0: Oh yeah, like I, I, yeah, they. I can't. I I don't have the education that you do, and the information and the statistics that you have to look look at every day. But like that rubbed me the wrong. Like everything about this episode, in terms of how they talked about sex work, really bothered me because it. Um, because it's um, fucked up. It, it's and it's fucked up. And it is it is the oldest
1: profession. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so this next note just reminded me of uh, the other subplot of the episode. So I forgot to talk about Charlotte's plot of the episode. <gasps> yes. Yes. That was my which, next note. <laughs> which is my next note, too. So just to refresh everyone's memory, during this episode, Charlotte, who at, works at an art gallery... Um, as like a procurer of art. I'm sure she had. I, she has a real title and I don't know what it is. So sorry, again, dramaturgy. Anyway, so this like renowned artist who is a total recluse comes into the, the art galleries, meets Charlotte and is like, oh my God, please come to my farm in Connecticut. And Charlotte's like, well, obviously I have to go because maybe I can pick up some of his. Like maybe I can get him to do a show at the gallery. So my next note is I love this dude's reverence for vagina. <laughs> I know. I wrote down the
0: quote. Oh God! So this pa- so this painter um draws like it's almost like like a mixture. It's like a Georgia. It's like if Jackson Pollock and O'Keefe had a baby and decided to draw vaginas together and it these paintings are awesome and he well, he uses the c word which i'm not going to use but he describes the c word as the source of all life pleasure and beauty in my note right next to that is that is some progressive shit mm-hmm. like for 19 for the 1990s that yeah. is some progressive viewpoints well, of, I love. of femininity yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was gonna say like what I loved about it was that like it, like obviously there's there's some sexuality to it, but at the end of the day like it really is like a reverence of like this is really just like the most beautiful thing to me, and so I want to fucking paint it, and it's like <laughs> hell yeah, dude, hey, like, like it's awesome. I bet I bet you make your wife come all the time, like
0: how <laughs> the wife comes in. She gives her some tea and she is so proud to She's be like, in this room with vaginas.
1: I bet you have a beautiful, a beautiful sea. And I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes. Uh,
0: and she does not know what to do. But better yet to be so, okay, for this artist to be so moved, to look at, at all of the paintings that he's done, of female genitalia and to say, like, oh, these are the women that have, that I've touched my life the most. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you got their consent.
1: Cool. Well. uh, Well, and I appreciate that he, like, asks if, like, Charlotte would consider. Like, it's not, like, do this. No, it's, like, I would really appreciate it if you would, like, pose for me (laughs) sometime. And she does which is so amazing. It's
0: great. It's great. And I, honestly, I think that's the best that's the best ending to this so particular far. episode that was yeah. so problematic and and looking
1: Oh, hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going.
0: considering it was such a problematic episode in talking about sex work and how they were viewing it with shame and then to, Mm. to spin it around and look at the the female genital genitalia Mm. as like a work of art and a, and, and a, a source of life and pleasure and beauty and to have all of these women gather around in this museum with a bunch of paintings of, Of various women's vaginas and different colors and like blues and pinks and, and, and all these neon color palettes and the try to get, guess which one is their friend. Because we, if uh, Miranda, Miranda, the co-host, not Miranda, the character, if you told me there is a painting of my vagina in something, something museum, you bet your ass I would be $25 admission. I'm going to find this bitch.
1: Oh well, yeah. And I think <laughs> absolutely. I mean for sure. For sure. I think what I what I loved about it and like I feel like this is a really nice place to end that that just our episode in general um is talking about this is that I feel like for so this is my experience. For so much of my life I feel like the message has been like, I'm supposed to feel ashamed of like having a vagina and be like, just supposed to feel some sort of shame for being a woman and Mm -hmm. like embracing any sort of like sexuality like related to it because we're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like to have, (laughs) to have such a not great episode i think in terms of how it handles the idea of female sexuality in some ways like end on such a celebratory note of of like oh yeah like
0: look and then she ends up being proud of of the painting
1: at the end like this is me Mm -hmm. i also i feel like i need to know obviously like a vagina does not a woman make (laughs) like yeah i feel like I'll let make, let, let, me, let me clarify here. Like, uh, you know, gender is a, is a construct and many mm-hmm. in all of the ways, and it does not inherently make a woman and just want to clarify that little yes. like aspect of everything. I'm, I think in, in my comment, I'm speaking from like my personal experience as a, as a cis person, mm. um, my relationship with the vagina the vagine if you will
0: the vagine
1: <laughs> uh yep yeah. do you have any more notes anything you want to no
0: i actually skipped the ones that upset me so i skipped <laughs> two other two other notes to get to to the note about the painting because i okay. wanted to end it on a positive that? note excellent so all right yeah. we did it
1: another episode it it. in the bag yeah
0: all right well um i can be found at page liz scott on instagram
1: and i can be found at Miranda denarig on twitter
0: all right well send us a if you want to if you want to tell us we're pretty or uh-huh. or muse or if you about want my ve-
1: you want my venmo
0: <laughs> venmo for the wine and dine
1: <laughs> wine and dine the fuck out of me everybody He's
0: <laughs> i'm not going to paris with you
1: i mean that's anybody no who going asks? no one's going to paris right now because our passports oh. can't get us anywhere but
0: oh you're right never mind my hypothetical my hypothetical man out there who's just gonna offer to take me someplace so that i don't want really go. Fucking,
1: i hope that fucking happens i like based off this episode i hope someone's like Paige. Page. let's go to Paris. Let's go
0: to Paris. Let's drop everything you're doing right now and go to Paris.
1: What would be what would be the destination they'd have to offer you in order for you to be like, let's go?
0: Oh, I'm gonna oh <laughs> oh I'm Red
1: for, Red Eye Flight.
0: Oh red eye flight, we're going to Euro Disney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on oh, that note. Euro. <laughs> God oh wow well.
0: oh, so much for positivity i like it all right well email us at cityscapepink@gmail at gmail if you have any comments questions or concerns or concerns bye bye